Welcome to Hey Jim, Jim. Hey, Sammy. Today, I want to talk about vape pens. We're fresh back from the UIC, and the talk of the UIC this year was vape pens. Everyone talking about different types of formulations and different medical uses. I'm interested in your thoughts as a prescriber, what they're useful for, what they're not useful for, and in our desire to have a more balanced view on things, where you think there is possible for these to be uh, abused or misused. Yes, the talk of the town with the different sort of vape carts that were out there. And I'm someone who has been quite wary of vape cartridges for multiple reasons, but there was obviously a lot of issues in 2017, 18, 19 in the States where people were developing significant lung injury and a barley related to some of these liquid vapes. To be fair, those patients and consumers who were developing these horrible issues were using black market vape cartridges that were likely concentrated with things like heavy metals and pesticides. And there are a range of different sort of other constituents that were put into those vape cartridges to try and improve the smoking experience for certain patients. So they had things like vitamin E acetate in there as well, which seems to be a common linking substance that was resulting in these lung injuries. But when they looked at every patient who had, was experiencing Avali, it, there was, there wasn't always a commonality be between those. So we couldn't definitively say, look, it's the vitamin E acetate. We couldn't definitively say it's these heavy metals or pesticides. The clean cartridges on production were becoming contaminated down the track because they were the materials with that the carts were made from were actually leaching heavy metals like cadmium and lead into the solutions. The cannabis resins that are then put into a vape cartridge, they need to be liquefied in a way to make it so that they don't clog up. And so the things that they were using as, as solvents were things like propylene glycol and vegetable glycerin. And these things, when they're heated to high temperatures, which happens in a vape pen, can turn into things like formaldehyde or benzene or there were other harmful triterpenoids that they were turning into as well. So that's made me very cautious in regards to prescribing vape cartridges, just looking at it from a lung health perspective. I don't believe any of the products in Australia currently will have those same issues because there are such strict regulations and controls around the production of these medicines as clean medicines. And I don't think many of them are actually using the, the liquefying agents like propylene glycol or vegetable glycerin. Or, so or what, other. what is typically, there are many things that could be in a vape pen. Some it's concentrates. It's typically in the format of a rosin or a resin. Uh, it's an oil. Now, no. there don't appear to be many vape carts that you can use flour, fresh flour in. No. What, what are they typically using in these vape pens? Yeah. So they, they use a concentrate of some form and that concentrate can be extracted by ethanol or, or via CO2 and then formed into a distillate where they lose a lot of the complexity of the plant, but have an easy starting material to work with. And then they will use some form of liquefying agent. And I'm not sure what people are using. So that's something that needs to be clarified. And then they might add some terpenes back in to try and make it a more complex or tasty sort of type med medication. But the best ones, in my opinion, if I was going to be producing a vape cart and I, we don't have any plans to do so at this stage, would be probably something where they used a fresh frozen rosin and then they used 
some natural or native terpenes from the cannabis plant as this as the solvent. But even terpenes, when they're in high concentrations, can cause significant issues as well. So it's not just because it comes from the cannabis plant, it is is perfectly safe. And when we talk about these vape pens, they're not true vaporizers. When we use a dry herb vaporizer, the like a mighty medic. Like a mighty medic. Approved, yeah. That's right, like an ARTG registered product. The whole flower goes in there. There's a chamber that heats it up to a certain temperature. That temperature allows the, the medicinal compounds to be released and it doesn't burn the plant material. I won't say no, but minimal combustion byproducts are, are produced when using a dry herb vaporizer like that. Because with a liquid vape cart, the, it, there's a heating element and it's all concentrating around that heating element, there is combustion that occurs. And so there's burning and combustion of a lot of these fats and other compounds and they don't turn into to healthy things my original understanding was that if you are prescribing flour mm. then it is to be prescribed to be vaped in a tga approved device so Correct. i was asking folks how are these vape pens tga approved and what they told me was that because it is a two-piece product and you are screwing the vape cart onto the electronic heating unit it is not a single unit, and therefore you are prescribing the cart, not the unit. Okay. So again, it, to me, it's, it seems very gray. Yep. So it is. It's, it's extremely gray. And I guess the long-term consequences on someone's health, if they're relying, overly relying on these, is a little bit unknown. But I would say if we're looking at in order of magnitude of potential harm from the inhaling of these types of things, smoking... Cannabis with tobacco is going to be the worst. Smoking cannabis, because when you produce high amounts of smoke from any plant material, has a whole bunch of compounds that you're not going to want to be inhaling. It's probably a, is significantly safer than having it with tobacco, but it's, so it's you're still talking about idea. patients putting it into a joint or, a or into a bong or, or yeah, similar, something like that. And then probably we've got the vape carts, properly made vape cartridges with proper testing, a step down from combusting flour. But then we have dry herb vaporizing, and that's going to be significantly safer. And it's going to provide a more efficacious result as well, because it's a more complex herbal medicine. So there is that herbal synergy and the ensemble effect that increases the efficacy of that type of product. The cartridges, they really come into their own though, because they are so discreet and easy to use. They can be used in environments where it's socially inappropriate to use something like a, a more bulky sort of dry herb vaporizer they have less smell and this can be a good thing but it can also be a significant issue for a lot of people as well because they can be extremely easy to use super discreet and so they're much there's a much higher risk of abuse or misuse with a product like this so if i do prescribe these products and i don't prescribe them very often i do it with a lot of education and i make sure it's only for particular situations and not to be used as the regular inhaled form for their treatment if that is an appropriate part of their treatment. Mm -hmm. Why do you like them? Why would you prescribe it? The, where they really shine is for those who would benefit from an inhaled form of cannabis, who may be cannabis naive and getting them to get whole flour, grind it up, put it into a vaporizer, deal with that whole situation is just something that is a step too far for them. Or those who have a lot of manual dexterity issues, they've got rheumatoid arthritis, they've got fine motor issues, they've got poor eyesight, these types of things which can make the manipulation of the herb into the registered device 
challenging. For those patients, it's fantastic because it's so easy to use. You just screw it on, press a button and, in, and inhale. And they're unlikely to be someone who is going to overuse, misuse or abuse these medicines. So for that patient demographic, I think they're a phenomenal treatment. But for those who are young and physically able who might be using it to treat something like anxiety, I think we just need to be really cautious with them. And so as a prescriber, how does one get to the bottom of if you were looking at prescribing a cart, and again, you don't have any products you're affiliated to, so we're yes. not making any recommendations or naming brands. How do you determine which ones have the right product within it to minimize um Yeah, look, I think that's just a bit of investigative work and speaking directly to the companies. And to be honest, when you ask some of their MSLs, they probably won't have all the answers and you'll need to dig a little bit further, especially when it comes to, okay, this is a distillate. Okay, this is a live resin or a hash rosin or whatever it might be. But then it's okay, when you create those products, they're in a semi-solid format and that's not a format that will actually work within a vape cartridge. And so it needs to be liquefied to a certain degree. So what is it specifically? And I'm probably more, in many ways, I'm more interested about what they're using to make it work as a unit. So is it propylene glycol? Is it vegetable glycerin? Is it the terpenes or a terp source is what they call it to actually make that a more malleable and user-friendly sort of material to, to work with. So that's what I'd be looking at. And I'd want to make sure that the actual vessel that carries your medicine is made in the right environment so it's not something it's not it doesn't have components that could potentially contaminate your the actual sort of medicine with, within that sort of vial is it possible to use a concentrate in a vape pen that is just purely pressed plant product or do they have to mix it with some kind of carrier oil to get the consistency right i think people who do it at home can because they're only making one, one, one or two. And I think it is possible, but from a commercial standpoint to easily feel and for these things not to clog or to, to free, so the medicine's not jammed up the top and doesn't actually get to the heating element. I think it's challenging. I wish that was the case. If it was just a pure rosin extract in the product with nothing else in there, I think that'd be a, a wonderful product. You'd still have high risk of abuse and you need to be careful, but it's the, it's what they're mixing it with that could potentially make it a more harmful substance. So the strong underlying message here, it feels, Jim, is prescriber beware and really yeah. understand what is in each product. That's right. And use with caution. Use Don't use as a primary treatment tool for patients. Not saying don't use it, but don't use it as a primary treatment tool. 